Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Tabletop Trio. I'm Bob. I'm Joe. I'm Bronson. And this week we have our special guest, Pete Toriello of the Sonic Boomers podcast. And I'll be talking to you about my experiences behind the microphone more than 40 years of radio. Uh, we will be talking about roller coaster stuff. And we'll be talking about multiple car crashes. All that and more this week's episode of Tabletop Trio. Let's get into it. Hello. Hey. Hello. Welcome to yet another episode of Tabletop Trio. I'm Bob. I'm Joe. I'm Bronson. And we have a very special guest with us this week, uh, the one and only Pete Toriello. Uh, Pete, you're a podcaster, reporter, microphone enthusiast, mm. just you name it, you do it all. <laughs> I do it all. Um, and we're super excited to, uh, to have you on Thank with us you. this week. Thank you for having me on. Um, got a great show lined up for you. Um, we're going to talk about Pete, talk about his podcast, um, and just different things in general with, mm-hmm. you know, hobbies, podcasting, microphones, all that sort of thing. The huge. Yeah. It, it's going to be a, uh, a whole lot of fun, but, uh, before we jump into that, um, how was your guys week? Had some, uh, had some fun this week. Yeah. Pretty good week. Pretty good week. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, Allie's birthday was this week, which is awesome. Joe's birthday is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Also awesome. So everybody wish Joe a happy birthday in the chat. Yes. Pretty please. And today's <laughs> actually my mom's birthday. Is it? Yeah. Happy birthday to your mom. All them Valentine's babies. <laughs> today's Phil's birthday. He's not watching because he's out doing birthday things. Makes happy sense. birthday, Phil. We'll clip it. I'll send it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. I met Pete through our neighborhood because it turns out he lives like two blocks over. How cool is that? <laughs> that there are two podcasts coming out of our neighborhood. I'm honestly, I'm sure there's more. It's just we don't know yet. Yeah. But I was, I remember we we started this and we we you know we were talking and then I started going through um, the neighborhood as I always do and I see the Sonic Boomers pop up and I was like, wait, what? And then I started looking. And I was like, Bob, there's another podcast. He's like, wait, I I know that voice. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I know that I've been guy. Hearing his voice every day for like twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah i I was gonna ask. So you you are not only a a podcaster of the uh, Sonic Boomers podcast, but you are the voice of news and traffic through how many different states is your voice transmitted? Uh, it's over a good portion of. Uh, the, the New York metropolitan area going all the way out to eastern Long Island up into Connecticut. I actually did uh, morning drive traffic on 1010 winds for 35 years. Oh, wow. Wow. And, wow. and that ended, uh, I guess, about three years ago. And I've been on New Jersey 101.5, and I can't believe this myself because I, I really didn't know how long. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> uh, and I had asked Bob Williams, who's the morning traffic guy, uh, I started when they moved Bob from our studio in Rutherford, New Jersey, down to uh, New Jersey 101.5 mm-hmm. down there. I guess that's what, Ewing down there? Yeah, yeah, Ewing, Trenton, like right on the line. And when Bob went down there, I wound up doing the midday traffic with Dennis and Judy. And I was on the phone with Bob the other day, and I was like, Bobby, when did you move down to 101.5? Oh, Pete, that was 25 years ago. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. 
So, yeah, I've been on there for 25 years. I've been on uh, this really cool AAA station up in uh, Westchester County called The Peak, 107.1 The Peak. Mm. And I've been with them for 16 years. Wow. Wow. So how do you how do you keep all of your, like, traffic? Like, how do you know which one you're about to say the traffic for it. Have you messed up and said like, this is 101.5, but it was the wrong station. I, you know, I almost, <laughs> I almost never do. Uh, you in said the, almost. In the early, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've done it. Uh, in the early days, we would just have like flip cards. Oh, and so you so. would have the station, the call letters, and what you needed and what the out cue was. And when I first started with our company, we actually started out as something called shadow traffic. And then we became Metro Traffic, and then we were uh, bought by iHeartMedia, and now we're part of their total traffic network system. Uh, but when we started, all of your out cues were on flip cards, and I didn't like flip cards. I always considered them to be a crutch. Mm-hmm. So I made it my goal to just memorize all of the out cues, <laughs> all of the out cues, right? And when I first started doing traffic, I was doing 26 traffic reports an hour. That, wow. Wow. It was, I look at it now and I'm like, how the hell did I, did I do that? <laughs> you know, and you have to change hats for different stations. Oh, Some yeah. stations want you to be very personality oriented. Some of them want you to just get on and do the traffic and get the hell off and don't have any personality. So you're always changing hats. And I had a bunch of stations out on Long Island. One was WGSM. One was WGBB, one was WGLI. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm on WGLI, and the morning guy on there, his name was uh, Paul Durr. I think he was Jim Hunter. He used to be on CBS FM. I think mm. he used the name Jim Hunter. But when I worked with him, he used his real name, Paul Durschel, and he did the morning show. And I get to the end of the traffic report, and I'm, that shadow traffic, I'm Pete Toriello on WG. <laughs> Something, something. Something, something. And he, to break my balls, he goes, yes. (laughs) And I'm like, it's one of those damn G stations here online. Why do you guys put a G in everything out here? Don't you know any other letters? Next time, just make them look bad. On WG. (laughs) You're breaking up. Going through a tunnel. Yeah. Must be something wrong with your tower. (laughs) Oh, that's that's wild. Because I've noticed um, when I was working at a, at a previous radio station um, up in New Brunswick uh, for, uh, I guess, Beasley now, mm-hmm. um, Total Traffic also handled traffic for us. Yeah. And one of the traffic reporters, like all of their stuff was you know, pre-recorded and all that. And one of the traffic reporters, you know, was going, oh, and here on WDHA and... It wasn't with DHA, right? And our our program director was also the 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 like afternoon host, and he goes, um, "Do you want to try that again? This is this is Magic ninety eight point three. And she goes, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I think that was the only time I've ever heard like like one of those like happen, and especially with like the out cues with us, because you know it's every, traffic every fifteen minutes. Next report is right whatever like i'm sure that also had to kind of throw you for a loop as well like just with like okay next report is okay it's 818 is the next one like, yeah oh yeah. <laughs> yeah you're looking up at the clock like where am i you, know, you, you kind of lose track of time you know and you're like where the hell am i on the clock and, and you're looking up like okay next report at 
818 on New Jersey 101.5. <laughs> so how do you how far ahead of time do they give you the the traffic update? It's like a couple minutes before or is it like it is always in front of you? Uh, I can't say too much about how we do it because it's proprietary and they'll kill me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think but, I see a sniper in but, the tree out there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's always in front of you, and I have uh, a screen in front of me, and every radio station that I do, mm-hmm. all of the data that I need is pre-entered mm. into the screen. And so basically, if I'm doing New Jersey 101.5, I have a tab for that, and I will just click on that tab, and everything that I need is in that tab. If I'm doing my station up in Westchester, if I'm doing the peak, I click on that tab and it will only show me what I need for the peak. Oh, mm. wow. Okay. That makes sense. I always thought about it. I'm like, is there just a guy that's like, there's a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. Just put it in. Stick it in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we have that. We have, we have uh, you know, entree to, to a camera network. And it, it's, it's really a, a compendium of a lot of different sources, but a lot of the stuff, uh, we actually have producers. And their job is to, as I say, uh, get the data. The announcers create the poetry and the prose, and the producers actually get the data and put it into the computer for us to, to work from. Mm. And then what I do is I will cherry pick what stories I'm going to run. Mm. Ah. Okay. Oh, so there's, there's more than... Oh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more. You know, for a, a 60 second traffic report, sometimes you've got two minutes worth of, of stuff. And now you have to decide, well, who am I going to piss off? <laughs> you know, who's, who's stuck out there on such and such road that I'm going to throw on the cutting room floor because I have to get out of here in a minute and 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I never, never thought about that because I know they always, because I, I grew up, I, I was telling Bob, uh, every weekend we were by the pool, we had the rock speaker things. My dad, 101.5 is on big John Henry. You know, that's it. And I'm like, I wonder if he ever did the, the news during the weekends. If, if I would have heard that, because this is year, I was a kid, but like all the songs stuck. Like I know all the songs. I mean, it was probably like the same 70 songs every weekend, but like, I know them. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> um, so I was like, how how did you get into this traffic or radio in general? Both. Both. Well, okay. typically you get into traffic by driving around five o'clock. Yeah. Or eight. Yeah, that'll do it for you. <laughs> that'll do it for you. Honestly, traffic was the last damn thing that I wanted to do. Hmm. I wanted from the time that I was a kid, I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to be a radio DJ. I wanted to be the next cousin Brucey. I wanted to be the next Harry Harrison. And I did it for quite a few years before I got into traffic. I was a, a music director and a program director. But the trouble was, it wasn't paying the bills uh. mm. for a guy with a young family. And uh, I did uh, disc jockeying for a few years. And I was like, this ain't cutting it. This ain't cutting it. And uh, a buddy of mine that I went to college with was working for what was then Shadow Traffic. Mm. And he was I, was, I was the program director of uh, what used to be WERA in Plainfield, New Jersey. Hmm. And I was the morning guy in the PD. And this guy, Bernie Wagonblast, and I guess that is his real name. <laughs> wow. I was just going to ask Bernie, you that. Bernie Wagonblast <laughs> was our traffic guy. And he knew that I was very unhappy at, at WERA because it wasn't paying. And he said, hey, we have an opening here. 
somebody's leaving. Why, why don't you audition for it? Hmm. So I went in for the audition, and they hired me. That was 1982. Hmm. And I really only planned to stay for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with the job. And because I was in AFTRA, What's the, that? That's the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. That's, gotcha. that's our oh. union. It's actually SAG after now, Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA. Mm-hmm. So we had pretty good contracts, and the money just increased every year. And after 40 years, <laughs> it took me 40 years, <laughs> but it's, it's been quite lucrative. Mm-hmm. And so it was probably a, a good decision on my part to stay. But I, I really... I. I said to my wife, I'll put a year or two in, and then I'm, I'm, I don't want to do traffic. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back and be a DJ. <laughs> yeah, hey, cousins. Hey. Uh, <laughs> you know? But I really fell in love with, with the job. Hmm. And so here I am, you know, 40 years into the gig. That's wild. Remind <laughs> me to put an NPC in one of our uh, D&D games with the last name Dragon Blast. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What yeah, would you say? A- after, Aftra? Aftra. Astra Dragon Blast. Are, That's yeah. what I'm after, after, Yeah, I started in radio uh, in grade school. We used to do stuff on the PA system. And then uh, when yeah. I got to high school, when I got to Cedar Ridge High School, we did the same thing. We had a radio station, and we used to record shows. They would run from 7.30 in the morning to 8, and we would play them while everybody was waiting in the hallway wow. for class to start. Oh, wow. And every day we had a different uh, a different music format. So we had a we had an R and B day, we had a country music day, we had a top forty day, we had a folk <laughs> music day. Our high school knew better than to let us go on the loudspeaker. That happened like twice. <laughs> yeah, three years apart. They they thought maybe, and then yeah, it was a bad bad mistake. And I used to do the announcements. Mm-hmm. That we did. The morning announcements, we did have the, the afternoon, and the afternoon announcements were fun because you felt that you had such power because <laughs> you had you know the tone would go yeah. off at the end of the school day, mm-hmm. and the tone was fired automatically, but during the announcements you could stop the tone, you could override <laughs> it, and then play it manually. Oh, right. So it would be like Friday afternoon. And I would be like, and those are the announcements for this afternoon. I'm Pete Torriello. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> you can you can bet your ass that several kids were just like, one more second. I'm, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to go yeah, in like there and I'm going to kick Torriello's ass if he doesn't push that button. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, it's so funny how like, like that, because that's kind of how I was starting with me as well. Like elementary school, I would do the announcements and all that. Um, and then I actually wound up getting my first ever like broadcasting job doing little league, like PA announcing. Mm-hmm. So it'd be, you know, now betting, now batting number one, Bill. And like, that's, <laughs> that's literally all it was. And it's like all those little, like, kind of starting. Yeah, you know, starting places that like yeah. you don't really think of as broadcasting. We but we all have to start somewhere, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I uh, no experience. I just like audio stuff, and then <laughs> turns out I'm pretty natural behind a microphone. <laughs> uh, I used to sing in them an attention whore, so there <laughs> you go. Yeah. It works out. Yep, you know the technology. 
I feel like uh, mic distance for most people is like number. Does that bother you when you go to public places and people use the microphone wrong? Because it drives me insane. God. Like we'll be at work and like the HR people like hold the mic all the way down here <laughs> and then wonder why no one hears it. And then they look over at me and I'm like. <laughs> That's like when I used to play venues. One of the reasons I went mic shopping, like I was telling you earlier, is because I don't want to put my mouth on a microphone mm-hmm. that several other thousand people yeah. had used. You don't know like whose the- mouth has been on that mic. <laughs> like I, I, no shit. I was always terrified if I was using a stage mic that was like that belonged to the venue. Am I going to get fucking herpes if I'm like, <laughs> come on. Like, so I, everybody would be like, why do you bring your own microphone? And it's like, because I know how you're supposed to use it, you dumbass. Like, I, used yeah. to, I used to teach uh, church lectors, mm. right? And you always get this. A reading from the Holy <laughs> Gospel according to John. <laughs> Let me tell you, synagogues too. Spot on. <laughs> That was was spot on. And 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 I'm sitting there in the pew, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm starting to shake. (laughs) And and so when I would work with the lectors, I would say, splash you with holy water. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) some of you have the idea that the microphone will work if it is in the same state that you're in. (laughs) <laughs> and then you tell them you have to be right on top of the microphone. Just mm-hmm. eat the mic just a couple of inches is where you need to be. And then you also get people like, uh, you'll have like uh, some kind of a program going on in the church. And when the program is over, they pass the mic around. And, so tell us what you got out of this program. And they start here. They're, they got a handheld mic. They start here. And then they're like, and so, and I also want to say, this, <laughs> and, and, or they have the mic and the mic is going farther down, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's like you like, start to relax. So your arm goes down, yeah. but it's yeah. like the thing that always makes me laugh is when you see somebody holding a microphone and they're talking like, no, no, no. The yeah. mic does that for yeah, you. Does the you speak normally. <laughs> or here's another one. You're watching a show, a TV show. You'll see it a lot of times on like sitcoms. And it's a, a guy's a disc jockey in the show or, a, you know, like a Fraser Crane or something. And they're talking into the wrong part of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> they're taught that they'll, very often they'll have a mic like this. This is what we call an end address mic. And you'll see it up this way. You're not going to hear shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on TV shows, they always talk into the wrong mic. And my poor wife, I'll be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna break a blood vessel. <laughs> I, what, the, you don't talk into the mic like that. <laughs> uh, so I was that or like, what are you doing? Why are you not wearing headphones? Where? Yeah, that's the other Come one. On. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean Johnny Fever's not wearing headphones on WKRP? <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember as a kid because, like I said, my my dad was always doing. I, they, so my dad started with karaoke. In like the nineties, they used to have friends, uh, friends and family over, mm. and then it was like four in the morning, and they're still going. And like they started off with like a little surround sound system, you know, this, just just hook it up with the DVD, you're fine. And then it got to the point where my dad had two eighteen inch, four hundred watt each PVs hooked to two ten inch, four hundred watt each. <sighs> tweeters yeah. going to like a freaking Mackie 1200 <laughs> watt head and my room was on that wall so like yeah I had to be like 
the adult, and I'm like, I'm trying to sleep. I have school tomorrow. I have school. It's like, but I, I always remember as a kid, like, early on, because my dad was like, oh, just try to sing. I'm like, I don't want to sing. And, like, that still sticks with me. It's like, if I'm not perfect, I'm not going to do it in public. Mm. Just, just, I, not going to happen. Not me. <laughs> so... My dad would always get me to sing, and then I was watching, and then you had to learn. So I was the the kid who always had to set up karaoke because I was the oldest uh, boy. So my dad was like, go set up the, the mics and everything. So I'd be the one running all the cables and check, checking all the microphones and doing all that stuff. So I, I learned really young, like, oh, you got to get really close to get, if you want to sound good, if you're far away, you're not going to hear it right. It's going to sound weird. And so, like, that was my intro to, like, audio like live audio was setting up karaoke for my parents so that they can get hammered with their friends and, <laughs> and sing for several hours like to the point where there were a couple times where it was like we're gonna go get bagels i'm like you guys are still here <laughs> <laughs> my uh my introduction into audio setup was just because when i was in bands there were so many venues that just didn't know how to do it right at all so i'd get there and We'd set everything up on stage and the drummer was in like a back corner facing the wrong way and the guitar stacks, like the, the speakers they let you use were like pointed at each other and the PA speakers were like one on the floor in front of you pointed outward. <laughs> and it's like, okay, first of all, I do need to hear myself. It's very important. <laughs> I need that. It, they don't need and that. And it's not an ego thing. <laughs> like I need to tell if I'm singing in the right fucking note, first of all. <laughs> and then- well, like I'd go around and I'd be doing the sound checks before every show. So that evolved into me getting my own soundboards and my own effects boards and teaching my guitar players how not to point their cabinets and making sure the drummer wasn't blocked by things. Like, I don't know, for some reason, it was like a quintessential thing. We'd show up and see the drum set set up behind something. And it's like, why? Who who thought that would be a good idea? What Like, what part of your brain thinks, let's just block all this sound. It would be great. Drummers aren't that important. They just keep the beat. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need to hear the rest of the people don't need to hear it. You need to hear it. It's fine. So have have the drummer stop playing and watch where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Quick, listen to the bass player for the timing. Oh shit. (laughs) Sorry, bass players, but also not. Um, Yeah. But that now has just devolved into whenever I go to a party, that's not at Joe's house. I have the coolest PA system. I have too many. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have what like one of my neighbors was like blasting music at some point, and my wife does not like loud music, which is why I don't have giant PA set up everywhere. Um, so it got to the point where I was like, "It's been like three hours. I'm gonna make a phone call. I'm gonna go pick up some speakers, and we're gonna show our neighbors what loud actually yeah. means." Because I could. This is nothing to me. This is. I. It's gonna. And she's like, "Please don't." If bring out the heavy artillery, (laughs) she's like, if you're really gonna, I'm gonna leave. Like, I'm just going to go somewhere because I don't I don't want to deal with that. (laughs) And then he's in the Facebook chat with us and we're going, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. (laughs) Like, should I bring out the twelve hundred watts or should I bring out like, should I just go all for it and get like the three thousand watts set up? I'm going to test how good their window seals are. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like I'm going to test how good my window seals are. <laughs> Yours are new. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't take that many watts. So, I I don't know. I always grew up with, like, how many speakers can I get? How loud could they get? Mm. At, my, at one point, my car, 
I had 3,500 RMS watts running through my car. You, my mom used to hear me coming, uh, like about a quarter mile away. Whenever Joe would come over to my house, he'd never have to call me when he got there. I would just you all the house would start shaking, and I just go let him in. That that is more power than some of the radio stations that I've worked for. <laughs> <laughs> really, two of them. Two of them were five hundred watt stations. Wow. Is uh, I always I I I talked to uh, Bob about that. So like one of my favorite stations uh, that I still actively listen to because it's the best way to get new music uh, is ninety two three. Uh, over at Seton Hall, the pirate radio. Oh, 89.5. Yeah. Yeah, 89.5. Yeah, sorry. That's where I started. Wow, 92.3 hasn't been rocking that's, like. No, they changed it back. Years, did they? Yeah. It keeps going back and forth. Uh, it's uh, all news. Uh, it's, yeah, it's news. Oh, now, now it's, it's all it's news. 10, 10 uh, wins now. It just, see, it just keeps changing. 10, 10, 10 wins went FM. So, yeah, 89.5. When we were kids, 92.3 K Rock was the station. Yeah. And then then it was 95.9 The Rat. That's always. Yeah, well, I used yeah. to work for The Rat before it was The Rat. It, really? was, it was actually the first I, I started at WSOU oh, as, really? as a student at oh. Seton Hall. <laughs> and my wife and I met there. She was also a DJ and a board op. Uh-huh. I was a DJ, news guy, board op, and uh, we were married at Seton Hall. <laughs> and my first commercial full-time job in radio was at what eventually became the Rat. Back when I was there, I started there when I got out of college in 76, which makes me none of your business years old. (laughs) Uh, But I started at what's called WADB. So that ended up... It was owned by Adamant and Dorothy Brown. And we could do an entire show on Adamant Brown because he was one of the weirdest guys that I've ever met in my life. Well, you can't say <laughs> that and not give us an example. You know? Yeah. He used to drill his own teeth. <laughs> he Damn. Had, he had, I didn't think you were going that he hard. Had a, he had a dental kit. And one day I, I saw this dead, these picks and these drills, and I'm like, what the hell is that? And was he, said, he a dentist? No, he was an engineer. Okay. <laughs> Same thing. He was, a, he was a PE. He was a professional engineer. But he, Bronson, uh, don't get any ideas. But he Listen. Also, uh, he also used to talk. Our station was automated. And huh. today, and I, Bob, you'll back me up on this, you can automate a station on a laptop today. Oh, you don't yeah. need. But when I was down there in the, the late 70s, Automation was these big reels of tape, mm. these 10-inch reels of tape, and you might have five or six decks playing these reels because one might be the up-tempo songs, one would be mid-tempo, down-tempo, some would be the vocals. And then we had these big, uh, car- what we called the cartridge carousel. It was a big revolving drum, and you would put tape cartridges in it, and that's where you would play the news from and the commercials and the jingles. And it was a, a huge piece of, of machinery. And the guy that owned WADB automated the station. And he would come in and he would talk to the automation <laughs> and ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy never, the guy would sign all his memos. He never signed a memo that did not end with the phrase, or you will be fired. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I hate bosses like that. Every Have a great ma- day, ha- or, or you, will, you be will be fired. He and you know his name was Adamant Brown. He is long gone. Um, and when he would show up, you would see his car. He had this big Lincoln Continental, mm. 
and he would park right at the door of the station. The, the station back in those days was in a house, <laughs> and the sales offices were on the lower level, and the studio and the transmitter were up on the upper level. And he would park right at the front door so that he didn't have to walk far. <laughs> right? And the joke in the station was, if you saw, like, my car there or you saw Lee Greenwood's car or any of the announcers, they'd say, oh, Pete's here, Lee is here, Ken is here. But when you saw that Cadillac there, you would say, oh, shit, Brown is here. <laughs> it wasn't Adam. It wasn't Mr. Brown. It was, oh, Brown is here. <laughs> uh, that's wild. So that became... Became the rat. In what ninety something, or when did the rat turn into? Well, I don't, I don't remember when. Yeah, I, as far as I could remember, it's been the rat. Yeah, but I don't know when that actually. In happened. fact, the guy that is the overnight guy on the rat, Uncle Leo, Lee Greenwood, Lee was with me in nineteen seventy six when it was WADB. So he's been there a long he time. Is there a long, long time? Wow. He was the first announcer that. Adamant Brown hired. Hmm. And there was a funny story about Lee. He always did the overnight show. Very laid back guy. Very laid back. And I remember we bought new automation. And the automation was not working right. And a song would come on and three other songs would come on (laughs) and start playing at the same time. And you would have to hit the panic button. (laughs) <laughs> to dump everything and go to the next event. And so I was coming in, I think I was doing the morning show, and Lee was just finishing up the all-night show. And I'm driving in, and I hear we come out of a commercial cluster, and three songs start playing at the same time. And then I hear silence. <laughs> and I hear the mic open, and Lee goes, just so you know, this is not my fault. <laughs> uh, I feel like radio has really uh, <clears throat> changed. You know, it's funny because things like that still happen. We uh, probably about three years ago now, um, my station, we just switched over to a new automation system called Zeta. Super simple. It's uh, you can even download an app and literally run the station and run your show from your phone. Super, you know, intuitive and all that. We had to switch over automation systems very quickly because there was some kind of some kind of like hack or something that affected, um, like the music libraries and the song libraries and all that. Mm. That day, our morning show host could not go to commercial break. At all. For four hours straight. <laughs> wow. He, I don't know how he did it, but was able to talk from 6 a.m. straight through till 10 a.m. by himself. No music, no, no nothing. No music, no nothing, no break. Barely could even take callers. Wow. And it was just him talking. <clears throat> I don't know how he did it. Um, and then we finally got the, the new automation system set up like right at 10 o'clock and I was in to produce the, the midday show and we were only able to get like, like the, the basic beds and the legal IDs to work. Mm. Other than that, had no commercials, no nothing, finally got it in. And then I had the first music shift with the new system. 
I go in, I hit launch in the first song. All three songs start playing at once. <laughs> and that seems I, to be a running trend. <laughs> <laughs> a little Easter egg. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, um, well. This matchup brought to you by. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, thankfully it's still 703, so hopefully here's fast traffic. <laughs> <laughs> But Oof. luckily, like, aside from that, I think I've only ever had it glitch on me like that, like, maybe one other time. The thing about automation is when it works, it's terrific. Oh, yeah. And when it shits the bed, it is catastrophic. Yes. <laughs> Can the FCC come after you for that kind of thing? Like, if you if your broadcast screws up? No. They don't, they don't care about the content at all? They, it's not, like, breaking As laws. long as you don't use the seven <clears throat> deadly words. mm what are the seven uh, deadly words? I'll, I'll George, George, say them. Uh, George Carlin. George Carlin. The seven deadly words. I know words. I wanted you to say them. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I do love it. George Carlin. Gonna, <laughs> Mr. Conductor's I'm, I'm my pretty, homeboy. I'm pretty free with the language, but I ain't that free. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that's the thing you got to steer clear of. It's, it's, it's a lot of legal stuff. You know, it's uh, commercial uh, sponsorship identification, payola, plugola. A lot of ethics stuff. I know our company requires us every year to do ethics training. Mm -hmm. And uh, th that is the kind of stuff that'll get you in trouble. Screwing around with a contest. Does anybody at 101.5 have to do that? Because <laughs> I feel like they could benefit. I feel like I've heard some <laughs> stories about that, Bob. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy my job there. <laughs> yeah. It is a wonderful company, and I'm so happy to be employed yeah. by them. That's why I haven't said anything about my job. <laughs> there is a radio portion of my job. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also not on it, so, you know. I have to say that our, our company, iHeartMedia, I really, I think they're a great company. They're mm -hmm. everywhere. They are everywhere, and uh, I really think that they do a good job taking care of their people. That's you know? good. And, and... Make no mistake about it. It is a business. Radio is a business. Mm -hmm. And every so often, yeah, there's going to be cut cutting, you know, cost cutting, mm -hmm. uh, belt tightening. But I think uh, under Bob Pittman's leadership, it really is very distasteful, I think, to him to cut staff. Mm. And it's like, if we don't have to, we won't. That is the feeling that, that I get. Mm. With I as they let me go next week, uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'll take the severance. I'll take the severance. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really the the crux of the difference between any good job and bad job, right? Every job is still a job, yeah. unless you're part of the like point zero zero one percent of people that absolutely fucking love their job and they couldn't be any happier. They're a pig and shit all day. Everybody else realizes they are still at a job, right? But how the company treats you is going to make or break whether you want to stay there, how happy you are. They say that people don't leave jobs because of the job. People leave jobs because of their bosses, right? The last two or three jobs, my direct boss has been great. The people over them have been absolutely fucking numbskulls. Mm. And that's why I left. <laughs> and this, this job I have now is the first job where that's ever not been the case. The owner of the company treats us fantastic. All my bosses treat us great. All the people I work with on every side treat us great. And that's really, you know, if you're ever in charge of people, making the extra effort to not make your employees feel like shit really does more for you 
in a monetary sense than you think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I really like iHeart. I think they've, I know personally, they've been very good to me. Mm-hmm. And I think they've been very good to our shop. I've worked for other people in, in my career that, especially early in my career. Mm. Um, well, I work for some real bastards. Mm. Well, I know, like, so radio used to be all these different channels owned by different people doing all this different stuff. And I feel like lately, um, like I turned the rat on for a little while and they said, oh, it's, you know, uh, the rat uh, powered by, and I forget what company they, they were now. And I'm like, oh, they got bought too. So I feel like radio now is kind of just a handful of companies that just really own most things. Yeah. There are the, the mom and pop radio station is a very, very hard thing to find mm-hmm. today. And a lot of us started, certainly my generation, we started in the mom and pop stations. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, even the, the locals, it used to be, you know, the big stations, the WABCs, the WORs, the, right. they were owned by big corporate entities. Yeah. And then you had all these mom and pop stations. And in the last 20 years or so, even the mom and pop stations now right. are owned by big corporate entities. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand. Like, I remember hearing Z100 was iHeart. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. They're one of the biggest towers in, like, the East Coast. It's insane. You could hear them from, like, uh, Cape May. Like, I, I get it. <laughs> but, like, the rat barely moved. It, it's, like, some of Jersey's, not even all of Jersey. Like, I get up to Plainfield, mm. even right around here. Um, there's like a really oldie station somewhere around here. So you get like mixes between like hard rock and then like, it's very weird. It's jarring, (laughs) but, but, um, it's crazy that they got bought. Yeah. (laughs) The thing is with like with a radio signal, Mm -hmm. a lot of that is that you as the station owner, whether you're mom and pop or your thunder corporation, you know, (laughs) um, technically you kind of have to play the card that you've been dealt. Mm. because the, the stations are, you're hemmed in there. Those frequencies are hemmed in there. Uh, some stations are going to have bigger signals than others. Uh, and a lot of this is really by government fiat. Mm. Oh, so that, that was rolling around to the WSOU. Whenever I listen to them, they are by and large way lower than every radio station. Thank you. Thank you. And it has I, been something. And I don't know and why. I, and I, you know, and I'm still, I still have friends that run WSOU, and I don't tell them how to run their radio station. But just tell them, like, the volume knob? One of the... <laughs> I know exactly what needs to be done. I they know, don't have the I power. Know, I know exactly what needs to be done, and I'm like, God damn it, I'll go up to the transmitter room and turn the thing, and we'll be fine. Yeah. But for some reason... The, the modulation mm-hmm. is very low. And if you do A-B comparisons, you set up a bunch of stations on your radio and you push button, push button, they're the lowest. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. By, For by a station that plays the hardest rock, the I, loudest and, rock. And that's the thing that always And it's the lowest gets, station on the dial. And I maybe <clears throat> there's a reason for it. If there is, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell them how to run their engineering. Yeah. But... So I can at least go yeah, over. When you brought that up, I started to smile because yeah. I was like, yeah. Every time because yeah, I'm in my noticed. car, I keep the volume all the way up because I want to hear it. And then I switch to the rat and I'm like, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can go over at least a little bit of why some stations limit their output power. 
usually comes back to material cost of what's powering that tower. Mm. So typically, because of FCC regulations, you have to have some kind of lossless solution somewhere in there, right? Like a power backup, or at least we do, uh, because you want to avoid downtime. You have to explain to the FCC every time you have downtime, right? So Yeah, you have to log it. Yeah. So in order to prevent downtime, a lot of companies do a UPS, backing up the power transmission. Mm -hmm. And those things get real fucking expensive. Like a 15 kVA Vertiv EXS, which is like the the smallest three-phase UPS that you can get to cover an IT room is like $35,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like a baseline one. That's without any crazy features, blah, blah, blah. Some of these like big 60 and 100 kVA UPSs, you could be throwing them in for like $150,000, $200,000 just to get 30 minutes of battery time. I feel like a college has the money. Colleges notoriously don't put money where they're supposed to, especially a public <laughs> no. college. Especially a public college. When I when went I, to what? Rutgers, they stripped the... Uh, <laughs> the labs down <laughs> because they were erecting a stadium. So we had to learn mechanical engineering, specifically aerospace engineering properties in a homemade wind tunnel whose, and I cannot stress this enough, homemade pressure vessels stored like 60,000 PSI. I'm sure it was safe. They, yeah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> That's why he made everybody leave the room when he pulled the lever down because it was safe. It's like, but yeah. it's like saying, hey, put your hand in this blender and, you know, we'll see what happens. No, no, yeah. no. It's a safety blender. Oh, yes. <laughs> Fine. Safety it'll sense there's a hand in there and it'll <laughs> shut itself down. I like I was, those new table saws that destroy themselves because of that. Yeah, when I was cool. at uh, at Seton Hall as, as a, a DJ back in the 70s, we had one transmitter. We had no backup. Mm. And it was uh, when I first got there in 72, it was an old tube transmitter. <laughs> and it was big. And it sat, if you were sitting in the master control room, it was directly behind you. Mm. So it was hot. It was warm. Yeah. yeah. And the thing every <laughs> once in a while would shoot arcs. <laughs> and you would see a kid go flying out of the control room. <laughs> and it would be, the damn transmitter is shit. It didn't do it a lot. But when it did, when it, it would did. scare the crap out of you. You know? And I remember there was a big wheel. Behind it looked like a something out of an old Frankenstein movie from like the 1930s. <laughs> more power, Igor! I need more power. <laughs> and we had this big wheel. Yes, and it, it was it was a, it was a rheostat, <laughs> and you would turn this wheel and it would adjust the voltage going into the transmitter. <laughs> Manual voltage. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And you would turn this wheel. Oh, it looked like something boy. out of Dr. Frankenstein's lab. That's and very much what it is. We eventually <laughs> replaced the transmitter with a solid state mm. RCA. Um, and everybody missed the arcing. Remote control. Yeah. Never arced. <laughs> but it also never stayed on frequency. <laughs> right? so, and I remember one morning I was, I was uh, bored up there. And we're doing the morning show, and I get a call from Al Bernstein of, of Blessed Memory, and Al was at WFDU in Teaneck. Mm-hmm. And he calls me, and I'm like, you know, SOU. And he goes, yeah, who am I talking to? I said, Pete Torriello. Pete, it's uh, Al Bernstein over at WFDU in Teaneck. Yeah, Al, what's going on? You know, you're on our frequency. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, what? <laughs> we were 89.5. Uh-huh. FDU was 89.1. Uh-huh. 
Oh. Oh, oh so you right. were way off there. So we were, and I'm like, are you shitting me? And he's like, no, you're on the monitor. You're coming in on the studio monitors. <laughs> so. Oops. <laughs> all right. So oh, I, no. I signed the station off the air, you know. I said, mm-hmm. we, we have to get off the air, call, call the chief engineer. And then we had um, RCA came in, and they had a, there was some kind of a problem with the exciter, and which is the thing that actually generates the radio signal and generates the frequency that you're going to be on. Mm. And if that's drifting, you've got a big problem. So RCA came in to work on that. And they corrected that. And then another time, the university screwed up. And you're supposed to have what's called three-phase power mm-hmm. going into the transmitter. They dropped one of the phases. Oh, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And they <laughs> blew up the rectifier stacks. I'll do it. So it happens <laughs> when you have an unbalanced <laughs> load. So, so we're off the air. Yeah. And our engineer, our engineer was a wonderful man named Tom Parnum. He was actually the guy who built WSOU in 1948, just mm. out of the service. Wow. But Tom's expertise was in the older gear, tube ah. gear. Mm. And solid state gear was not his forte. And when they blew up the rectifier stacks, we were off the air for like days. Mm. And I was supposed to be on on Saturday for my show. And I remember walking up to the transmitter room and Mr. Parnum is... Sitting there, he's, he's on a stool, which is still there, by the way. His workshop was left, he's, he's dead many years, and his workshop was left as is. His license is still on the wall. Mm. The, that stool that he used to sit on is still there. It's, it's kind of like a little like a little tribute a little museum to, to Tom. And I remember walking up there, and he's got the front of the transmitter open. He's looking inside, and I said, Mr. Parnum, do you... What, what, what's wrong with the transmitter? And he looked at me and he goes, Peter J., I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it appears to be broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, and the RCA came in and they were like, yeah, the rectif- rectifier stacks are blown. What the hell did you do to this transmitter? <laughs> but it was the, the, the drop of the three-phase power. Just yeah. blew it right out. Yeah. yeah. Unbalanced loads will get you every time. So has WSOU always been pirate radio or did that oh no it's i mean it has been for for decades now when i was there we had a uh, we weren't on the air 24 hours we used to come on at 7 a.m and we would go off at 10 mm. and then we would come back on i think at 3 p.m and go off at 1 a.m and we played all kinds of music we played uh, progressive rock we played top 40 Mm. We had uh, some nights they played opera. Some nights they <laughs> they played uh, Lithuanian music. They they just all over the uh, place. all over the place. Uh, there were talk shows. You know, different school. The business school had a show on there, and they did that up until I polka think, party too. <laughs> I remember that. I, I remember being like. 17, 18 years old, t- tuning into WSOU because I couldn't sleep at like 2 a.m. hearing polka. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Believe it or not, it was one of the biggest shows really? on really? WSOU. Uh-huh. When we went, we were monaural when I got there in 72. What does that mean? We, were, we didn't have stereo. Ah. We were just monaural. Gotcha. And we wanted to go stereo. And all the boards were mono. The transmitter was mono. The audio process, everything was mono. Mm-hmm. And we had to raise... $35,000 Wow, for the equipment. And the guy who did the polka show 
Uh, Stan Kozakowski was his name. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> his name wasn't Jimmy O'Brien, was it? <laughs> uh, he, he was with the business school. Did someone say polka? S- I've yeah. been summoned. Yes, Phil. Also, happy birthday. <laughs> Phil's last name is Ryback. He is also very Polish. Very sweet man. Stan was a very sweet man. And he said, you know what? How about if we go, we'll go to the Polish community. We're going to do a week-long polka bration <laughs> as a fundraiser. They raised $35,000 really? for wow. the station That's wow. so cool. to go stereo. That's wow. really cool. I'm glad that my, my teenage confusion just turned into a very heartwarming story about <laughs> that. that. That makes that experience so much better. Were they still doing church stuff on Sunday? Mm-hmm. It's just, that's always been... It's all, Stations owned by the Catholic Church. Really? really? Seton Hall University is owned by the Catholic Church. Oh, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Allie went there. My wife went there for a little bit, yeah. and they kept trying to push her to take religious classes. That makes sense. Because I know, at, I, th- I don't know if it was the church or something else. There was like a an issue a couple years ago about what music they were playing and this and that. Every and- so often that <laughs> issue, there was a group recently that was putting up billboards and everything, trying to get the station shut down. Really? Wow. They were, and they were coming hard. Hmm. They had some big mockers behind them, and they were coming on pretty hard. And they were really bludgeoning the Archdiocese of Newark to shut the station down. Huh. Because of the metal? They, they felt it was satanic. Yeah. Oh. They were also, um, they were giving them shit because they were calling it uh, pirate radio. They didn't want to say that. But... They didn't even want to say even that. Even though Seton Hall's mascot. That's the mascot. They didn't and, want to say And to it. their credit, to their credit, the Archdiocese and Seton Hall University was just like, nothing ever came of it. Hey, buddy. Yeah, that's take awesome. a long nothing, walk off a short Nothing pair. ever came of it. Yeah, you that's know, awesome. So. I mean, it's one of the best stations for rock and metal music. It is one of a kind. If they just maybe turn the volume up a little bit. <laughs> they just need to get closer to the transmitter. And I thought maybe it's like, <laughs> I thought maybe it was just like, oh, I'll, it's it's maybe it's just FM. I'll turn it on. Like I'll stream it. And then, nope. <laughs> Still low. Still low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the stream is probably driven off the audio processing yeah. for the FM. So I was like, ah, I know how to bypass it. And I'll the, just stream it to my car. And Son of a bitch. And the thing is that with the audio processing, there are presets in there. <laughs> so if you don't want to go into the processing, into the menus, and tweak it yourself, mm-hmm. you, you look for the, the one on the menu that says, loud as hell. And you push Metal. It, metal, boom. <laughs> and and you're, you're in business. Yeah. That's- but why that is, I... I, I don't know. I wonder if there is actually an upper boundary. Like if, if you have a waveform and you just keep trying to push power through it, but you can't pass a certain threshold, like the top of the waveform will just flatten out and the rest kind of There is. There's 100% modulation. In the digital world and podcasting, we call it 0 dB FS, 0 dB below full scale. Mm. And usually you, you want to be peaking at around maybe n- minus 15, maybe not minus 12, minus 9, something in that. So you have some headroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, with FM, the limit is 100% modulation. Mm. Okay. Some stations go over that. Okay. <laughs> I, I used to work for one that did. We used to run about 120% yeah. modulation on FM. And we were a mono. We wow. were a mono because wow. we were basically a talk station. 
our transmitter was at the top of the Empire State Building. Mm. And we were right in the middle of the FM band. We were 97.9. And that thing was a friggin' flamethrower. <laughs> what but was 97.9? Because I remember back that. Back when I was there, it was WEVD. I remember station 97. That the your language. That I remember. Yeah. We hmm. had, again, it was owned by the Jewish Daily Forward. So there was a lot of ethnic programming on there, some, a, a lot of Yiddish programming back in the day. We had programming in Italian. Uh, later we went to, uh, to talk shows, different talk shows. Where Alan Combs did a, a show with us for a mm. while. Uh, Bill Mazur did a show with us for a while. There, there were a lot of format changes over, over the years. But, man, when we had that FM signal, it was huge. <laughs> but 100% is the maximum for FM for AM. It is 100% on negative peaks, 125% on positive peaks. Hmm. What, why the difference? Is it just because the band is I, more You know, forgiving? I really don't understand it myself. <laughs> because there are some engineers who, that, that, where you have 100 and 125, <clears throat> they call it asymmetric modulation. Mm-hmm. If it's symmetric, it's 100, 100. Right. And I, I'll be damned if I can hear any, any difference in it. Mm-hmm. But there are some engineers that are real big on asymmetric and others that are like, won't do it. Mm-hmm. Now, how does that uh, play into the, uh, I don't know if it's HD FM or FM HD. Uh, I know a couple stations, if you have your car and you got the right thing, if you go to like Z100, there's actually like three stations. and It, it was a good idea and it doesn't work. <laughs> Okay. I know it kind of came and everyone was like, it's the future. And then it just stopped. I think it's, it's just cars now. It, the trouble with, with digital radio signals, and they did it on AM and they did it on FM. And the AM I did was not know worse. they did it on AM. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was on 1010 Winds, we had uh, AM and then we had dig, a digital signal that rode on the AM signal. Mm. And you needed huh. a digital receiver to <clears throat> decode it. It sounded good. Did it sound as good as FM? No, I don't think so, but it sounded pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, but the trouble was, if there was no audio in the background, you would always hear listening on AM, you would hear this. Mm-hmm. It was this digital noise. And the other trouble was, if you're driving down the highway and you're listening to the AM digital and a truck goes by, the station's gone mm-hmm. <laughs> because the truck blocks it. And the same thing happens even with the FM. You'll hear them say HD1, HD2. Yep, yep. These are all digital signals. Yeah. They are not robust. Yeah. And so if you go behind a big truck, if you go into a, a low-lying mm-hmm. area, the signal is gone. And it's also just a small fraction of what the main transmitter is. Mm-hmm. So if you have, say, a 10,000-watt transmitter that digital signal might be 100 watts. Mm. It's just, it, it is not the full power. Mm. It is a small fraction. I, I remember. It's not uh, robust. And I, I might be dating myself for the viewers here, but um, I had a Zune HD, and that was one of the first players that came out that had a, uh, HD FM. And I was like, it's the future. I listened to radio, and it uses it used your headphones as the uh, antenna. Antenna, yeah. That way you can get... But I remember I would be walking, and if I walked through like a right spot and I wouldn't hit the wave or if something happened, just everything cut out, and then it was kind of like buffering like regular music where you would hear it start to come back and then come back. And I'm like, 
this is radio? <laughs> Are so, you sure? Yeah. yeah the HD, it, it seemed like a good idea on paper. Yeah. But for it to work, and I don't think FCC will ever go with it, but I think for it to have a fighting chance, mm-hmm. you have to have full parity with the FM signal. Mm. I think if, if you have a 50,000-watt FM signal, you should have a 50,000-watt digital mm-hmm. signal. I don't know how to make that work technically. I'm not an engineer, nor do I play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, I think the power, it, the, the more power is the way to go mm-hmm. with these digital signals, if you're going to do it at all. Yeah. I know they say it's supposed to sound so great. It was like, I think it's like 96 KB versus the... The highs might be a little better than on FM, but... The problem was it got so clear that you could hear how bad it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, I, I prefer the regular radio when that's hidden in... in like it's hidden the, in the process. Yeah, it's, it's hidden. When it was digital, it's like, no, I hear everything wrong with that, and now it's just good enough that I want to listen to it somewhere else better. <laughs> that that's, I think that was the key for me to not use hd it was like it's almost good but now like i rather play it on like you know itunes or like at the time spotify wasn't a thing but like the good thing about hd is it gives you variety Mm -hmm. it gives you more variety there's all these little niche formats that you can put on there but it's got its technical limitations yeah yeah i know uh one of the stations i listened to in philly they their hd signal is just archive music so songs that they've recorded at their station, at their concerts, all that, and that's on like their HD two signal. That's neat, and it's it's really cool. And but my car doesn't have an HD radio, Get so if, I, if I'm driving like <laughs> like a station vehicle, I'll have that on. It's like oh cool, like I get to hear this concert that was recorded back in the seventies, and they'll play like the full concert just out there on their HD2 signal. I don't even know if my car can get radio signal now that I think about it. Never tried? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know the, the biggest issue, uh, and it, it's always, it's been a thing because I have a Jeep. Um, Jeeps still come with giant antennas. And then I started looking into how come some cars still have giant antennas and everyone usually now has those little shark things. Um, and it turns out the shark things kind of suck uh, because they're so small it can't catch the whole wave band, so you have shittier signal always, <laughs> unless you're, like, attached. So the reason, if you see a car that has a big antenna, it's usually trucks, and it's usually vans, because those are the populations that statistically still listen to the radio the most. <laughs> so when you have the bigger antenna, you can catch the whole wave, so you actually get better signal. And I was like, it can't, it can't be that. And I remember replacing my old Jeep with a new antenna that was about a quarter of the height because mm. I wanted it smaller. And I went to go turn on the radio and I was like, I can't get the rat anymore. God damn it. And I started unscrewing the antenna, <laughs> put, the, put old the old one, one back, back in on. yeah. and then it, it turned right back on. And I was like, yeah, all right. The, it, the fine. best antenna <laughs> on a car radio to me is still the telescoping, the big <laughs> telescoping. <laughs> I remember my dad, my dad's car. My dad uh, had a, uh, a Pontiac Tempest. 68 Pontiac Tempest. And the radio on that was a Delco radio. And it was a sweet radio. Good (laughs) sound, great reception. And in the front of the car, over the fender, you had the antenna, and you would pull it up. Mm -hmm. And the thing would be like four feet long (laughs) when you pull it up. But that thing had reception. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you can't get good reception on a, an yes, antenna like this. And, and I think even those shark antennas, I think that might just be for satellite radio. Because I think some of the cars actually use the, uh, they have wires. Oh, in the, in the back. In the back, back the window. window. Yeah. I think that might be your FM and your AM antenna now. But I think gotcha. the shark antenna is for, uh, is for satellite. I, th- I thought it was multi going. Yeah. But. You ever been in one know. of those bougie cars back in the day where you hit the button and the antenna. My, yep. my sister had one. Yeah. My parents had, the, had one so as well. <laughs> my, my sister got a Mercedes when she was like 17. It was a used car. It was like a 90 something fancy Mercedes. And I remember me and my brother used to go into the back in, while it was in the garage because f- for some reason, Mercedes, the radio was always on. You could just always turn the radio on. Every time you hit the power button of the radio, you're, and the antenna would go up. And then when you hit the power off, it would go, we would just sit in the car, just turning the radio on and off. As a kid, I would tell my parents, turn the radio on. Okay, turn it off, turn it back on. Just to watch it go. And then, of course, me being an idiot, I'm like, like, as like, and then it stops working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it gets stuck halfway. I'm just like, uh, oh yeah i remember my down, then it goes back up. i remember my dad coming home from work one day and he's like come out to the car come out to the gotta show and my dad wasn't a radio guy wasn't a tech guy he'd be like come out to the car i gotta show you something and i go out to the car and there's this thing under the dashboard and i'm like what is that it's a reverb <laughs> it's a reverb and and i used to like to play with it yeah. And if you turned it up, it sounded like you were in freaking Hal Cavern somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> was really, and my, my and my dad used to like to listen to like talk shows and stuff mm-hmm. like WOR. And uh, I think Wins was already doing the all news thing. And I would like turn the reverb on during all news. <laughs> <laughs> like those old Powerballs. And now, 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 now. 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 Actually, it sounded pretty cool. <laughs> That's wild. I, I love and hate reverb. Because it's, I think it's a great, great waveform manipulation that makes a lot of people sound good. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately think it makes a lot of people sound good that don't sound good. So they hear mm-hmm. the reverb and they're like, oh, wow, I sound great. That's because you're harmonizing with yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when then you put it over something that has the right notes and it sounds terrible again. So when, when I was going through singing lessons, they were always like, whatever you do, don't practice singing in the shower. And I was like, why? And they were like, because it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You'll harmonize with yourself, think you sound good, mm-hmm. and you will train your voice to sing in the wrong pitch. <laughs> I got into a shouting match a few years ago. because My wife and I are both church singers. Mm. You know, She plays guitar and sings, and I, I just sing. And uh, I had put in a reverb on my mic channel. <laughs> And it wasn't a you know it wasn't turned up all the way, but it was a just a, enough, a just a little, yeah. just a little tiny bit. And the sound guy came out, and he's like, "What the hell is that?" Satanus. He's, he's like, "I'm looking all over for where this is coming from, and it's not coming from my board. What what did you do?" And I'm like, "I have a reverb on the mic." What? And he just he's like, "I want that off. I want that off. That is such a cheap effect." Turn that, I want that off. And I'm like... Just coming from the guy that plays the organs? <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's just the sound guy. He was just live, the sound guy. You live on reverb. Do you sign my paycheck? And no? I, and I said to way. him, wait a minute. 
I'm I'm the singer. Okay, I am I'm the artist. <laughs> the talent, if you the will. The talent, if you will. <laughs> I I think I have a say mm-hmm. in this. He's no, you don't. And we just got we got into this huge shouting match. Okay, then you can walk away, and I'll run the board better than you. Yeah, and and I, you know, finally I just said, okay, fine. You know, it's like mm. they say pick your battles. Yeah, and I knew I was not going to win this, so now it's like I, okay, fine, mm. fine. But I, I actually think I had two fights with him over there because I think <laughs> I, I let it cool off for a while, then you put it and back. then I snuck it back <laughs> yeah. in, and it, and it was it was a few weeks before he caught it. <laughs> But then when he did, it was like, you know, another battle royal. So yeah. now I'm Well, that's like, when you bring it back. You're like, <laughs> you know, it's been here for like a month. Yeah. You yeah. didn't even notice you it. You didn't notice. Now, now all of a sudden it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, every recording that you hear on radio, anytime somebody appears on a TV show and they're singing, I'm like, mm-hmm. there's always a little bit of reverb. Always. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it makes it sound better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And judiciously used. It makes the singer sound better. Oh, no, it's a cheap effect. I won't mm-hmm. have it. And I, so finally, I just put my arms up and I said, okay, we're done. Yeah. I was like one of the, the two knobs that I always had to change when my parents were doing karaoke. And even now, my dad, uh, they sing out. So my my parents, if you're ever out in like the Monmouth County slash a little lower uh, and you see who are you guys, that's my parents' band. Oh, okay. Um, they Remember just, the time I accidentally ran into your dad at like a bar and grill? It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is so cool that your parents it's, had it's, a band. It's my dad. Well, he's in two now. Cause have. He's, he's retired. Have. So uh, his one is a singing group. That is so cool. So they, they play with backtracks, and then they, they sing over it, and that's Who Are You Guys. They started out as uh, in like a pizza place or whatever that had like music playing, and they started singing. And then people came up to them, and they were like, Who are you guys? You guys, you guys sound great. And they were like... Who are you guys? That's that's who we are. That, that that is so cool. My my dad was my dad was a wonderful man, but my dad was a tire salesman. He sold big tires to trucking companies and and he didn't sing, he didn't he sold tires. And my mom, you know, I just remember her walking around the house in, in a house dress or a muumuu or something with curlers <laughs> in her hair and doing housework. You know, and I, I cannot begin to imagine my mom or dad in a band. So my dad was... I think that's My so dad cool. was always in bands. Like, when I was younger, he was always in rock bands. He played the drums. He'd been playing since he was, like, nine or something. So he always played the drums, and then he always liked singing, but all the bands he was in, like, no, you're the drummer. You don't sing. That's because they're the hardest people to find. Yeah, you play the drums, you don't sing. He's like, I could do both. And he's, they're like, no, you play the drums. So he never <laughs> sang. Sit down, Phil yeah. Collins. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> so he, he didn't sing until they started doing the karaoke thing, and that was a basement thing. And then it grew and grew and grew, and then they started singing out at, like, these random places. And then all of a sudden, the, the crew that was karaoke turned into this thing where they were booking – shows in bars and grills to just sing what they did before, but now they're getting a paycheck Yeah, and they would take all the money at the end of the year and they go on like a fancy dinner or like uh, a, a cruise, like around New York or something with all like the excess money. Uh, and then they started getting like fancy equipment and then they got like the, now they got the sure wireless mic setups and the whole nine, they do bows, like the bows sticks, yeah. they got, like three yeah. of them. And <laughs> now they're like way too big. And I, ha- I run a website for them. They put like their their 
dates up for like their their tours, <laughs> and then my my dad fully can retired. You, can you say that a little bit more condescending? <laughs> tours. There you go. Yeah. So and then really um, drive it home. And Complete then, with. Yeah, and, and then uh, they started doing. Uh, now that he's retired, a bunch of other people in the retirement uh, community thing started a band, and they were like, "Oh, you sing and and you play drums." Perfect. Do both of those things here. So now he's in another band called Frog Jam. And now <laughs> they're, yeah. And now they're going around yeah. and doing shows and stuff. So I'm like, you're retired now. You're doing more work now than you were when you like weren't retired. But he's having a good time. So now I'm dealing with all his audio stuff on top of my audio stuff. And I was like, eh, if you want to record stuff, boy, do I have equipment. <laughs> that is so cool, though. I, I just can't imagine my folks in a band. That, uh, boy, I, I would have paid good money to see that. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird when you're like, you know, it's like they, they always do the New Year's in one of the places. So, like, you want to come for New Year's? We're playing the show. It's like, that's weird. <laughs> but, you know, they do the whole countdown. My uncle is the the, uh, the MC. So he walks around and he gets involved with like the people or whoever's eating and drinking. And yeah. it's, it's wild to watch. And you're like, what? I know all of these people. <laughs> they, they used to do this hammered in someone's <laughs> basement. <laughs> used to wake me up. Yeah. I, wake me up. I couldn't go to sleep. <laughs> I wish my parents were happy that I was in a band. I think my mom pretended that she was happy that I was in a band, but Kaz hated that I was in a band. I used to get yelled at for taking too many water bottles to band practice. You get one. A, a, a direct quote, I'm not here to fund your water addiction. <laughs> I don't know if you want to add that to the list of dumbest things you've ever heard, but it's uh, it's up there. But uh, no, he did not like it. I was, I was in the basement practicing singing, practicing guitar. He, he hated that. So My I mom wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. Because I used to be down down in the basement, always playing with the stereo. And a couple of times I knocked the electricity off in the house. And, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and my mother would say to me, what are you doing down there, Peter? I don't like you playing with wires down there. I don't, like, I don't like you playing with wires down there. And what, I don't know. What are you making these tapes for? You're pretending you're on the radio. What are you making these tapes for? Why don't you be a doctor? Be a lawyer. Those are the guys with all the money. What are you... I don't think she ever really got it, you know, yeah. what, I, what I was trying to trying to do. She yeah. actually blamed me for the, the big blackout in 65. <laughs> <laughs> she, I'll never forget. I was, down, I was downstairs, you know, I was downstairs playing with my radio stuff. And she comes to the top of the stairway and she's like, Peter, come up here. So I, I go upstairs. And she's like, there's something wrong with the television. There's not, I got no, I got no picture. I got no... My mom's from Brooklyn, in case you didn't figure that out. <laughs> and so I'm, I look at the TV, and I'm like, two, four, five, seven, nine, and it's all nothing, snow, white noise. And I go, three, six, 10, 12, there's television. So I said, Mom, power's out at the Empire State Building. New York is, is, is blacked out. Mm. And she says to me, what the hell did you do down there? <laughs> That's a wonderful <laughs> moment. Actually, blame me for the blackout in 65. <laughs> uh, Phil in our chat goes, turns on the radio, knocks out the entire East Coast grid. Yeah. <laughs> it's a strong radio I yeah. got down here. 
Seven whole watts. <laughs> that reminds me of the time I was babysitting Everett when my mom was doing somebody's hair. And he, uh, my mom was a hairdresser, professional. And uh, my little brother Everett's very accident prone. He's very, very goofy. So he's doing like somersaults or front flips or something while I'm watching him. And he's, I'm watching him roll around the living room and then bang, head right into the TV wall unit. And he starts crying. My mom runs upstairs, sees me looking at him. He's laying on the floor, like howling, looks at me, goes, what did you do? And I was like, I didn't fucking do anything. <laughs> yeah, we just hide that. We used to beat, beat up my brother, me and my sister. And then when he go, went to yell, we would just cover his mouth. He'd be like, shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up right now. If you yell, this happens worse. You shut up. <laughs> I am just 35 seconds till dad gets up here. And those are going to be a painful 35 seconds, Frankie. <laughs> I am just finding out now from my kids and my kid, my elder son is 40. Three, I think, 42, 43. My daughter just turned 41. My mm -hmm. younger son is 35. I am just finding out now the shit that they did, <laughs> especially the younger one. <laughs> you know, we, we, like, we have them over like last Christmas Eve, the whole family is together, and my younger one is like, and what about the time that you guys poured gasoline on me and set me on fire. <laughs> and Wait, is that hyperbole or their words? It's hyperbole. Okay. And, and, and Maureen <laughs> and I are like, what? Yeah, that, that happens in our family now. Like the stories are starting to trickle out. And where were we when all this was going down? That's you know. what I want to do. Well, because when, when they're, well, your youngest is around our age. Yeah. I'm about to be 33. So I hate you. <laughs> so we my parents i'm sure you were similar was just go outside and play yeah go well we did <laughs> but they never knew how far we went or what we did <laughs> until nextel was a thing and then we would be everywhere you hear bleep, bleep. where are you school mom and now i'm going to the principal's office <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I remember the one the one big time i got in trouble for like fucking with my brother. He was still in a, in a uh, stroller. We were in Disney and apparently it was my job to push my brother in the stroller. <laughs> we're going up and over a bridge and I let go. So I threw him right <laughs> off the bridge and I let him, he was strapped in the stroller and I just let him go down the hill. Just let him go. And my mom starts screaming at me. What would you, I'm like, it looked like he'd have fun. <laughs> he wanted to ride a ride. <laughs> Houston, gravity check positive. <laughs> the best, though, is my dad was in a mobility scooter, so he just turns the speed up and just books it after him. <laughs> so there's this guy in a mobility scooter flying after a toddler in a, wheel, in a, uh, a stroller. <laughs> they still don't let me live that down. Every time I bring it up, or right. every time I bring up Disney, like, oh, remember the time? I'm like, yes. Remember the time you almost killed your brother? Yeah, yeah I remember. I did. Yeah, no, my, my my our Disney trip was I was terrified of roller coasters. Terrified. And then their idea was, well, we'll just we'll just put you on the biggest one there is. That's called then, immersion therapy, buddy. And, and then you'll be fine. So they took me to the Hulk. Oh no. You know, the one that launches you at like 60 miles an hour through a tube. That you can't see anything because then it goes down. So I was like, immersion therapy. Yeah, they were like, it'll be fine. I'm like, it's not going to be fine. It's not going to be fine. I'm going to probably die. And uh, it's your fault. So when the <laughs> cops come, let everybody around here, if I die, <laughs> her fault. And I'm like, 11. <laughs> like, this is, and they shot me through the thing and I was yelling my goddamn head off. And then, like, halfway through, I was like, 
<laughs> and then I hit like every roller coaster around. You know, I've never been on a roller coaster. Really? Never. Really? I'm terrified. I have a Why? picture of I am my- terrified. I, I have that. My wife says, and she's probably right. She says I'm a control freak. Okay. And of course you cannot control a roller coaster. You can't once you press the button. And, and, <laughs> and so I, you know, I won't, I won't. Do, it's like, if I start to feel panicky, I want to be able to get off I want, which is not a good idea on a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, Again, once. You know, yeah. So <laughs> I, I've, I've never. It's not advisable. Yeah, yeah, I've never been on a roller coaster. My daughter, we went to uh, Six Flags yeah. and she was young. Well, younger. I'm sorry, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Did dad just say I'm old? Uh, when she was a kid. I think she was like in her teens and she wanted to go on the, 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 the uh, what do they call it? The. Was it Nitro? Buccaneer. Uh, oh, the swinging ship ride? The swinging uh, ship ride, right, right? Right, And I did not want to do it. <laughs> I did not want to do it. And I wound up going on the Buccan- Buccaneer pirate ship. Isn't that what it is? The yeah. Buc- Buccaneer pirate ship, I think? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's uh, gone now. You, you worked there, well, so you're I'm the glad. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> because I get on this thing, and it starts getting to maximum swing, and I damn near ripped off my daughter's arm, <laughs> gripping gripping her arm. I, See, I, I can't do rides. I, I have the the exact opposite opinion. I have trust in the engineering that goes behind them. So anything new and modern that's been up for a while, I'm fine with. But I won't go on new things. So I worked at Six Flags when they uh, constructed and tested King Ka. Okay. And um, the first time they shot that off down the track, all the test dummies came back down with no heads. <laughs> because it out G'd them on the acceleration. Oh, my God. So, um, I'm sure it was fine. Rounds of testing later, we're all standing by the ride on opening day as people take, like, the first ride. And I'm like, all right, if you catch anything. and uh, Just so you know, the test dummies came back decapitated. Have a good time. <laughs> I got in trouble for telling people that, too. Um, I found it. Anyway. They, uh, like after the first couple runs, I was like, okay, this is fine. And it, it would break down every now and then, but not in a way that was like a ride danger. Yeah. It, the launch mechanism would break and then they'd have to go like reset a belt or something like that. But nothing, nothing at a park like Six Flags would scare me enough to not ride it. If you're talking like carnival rides, oh, fuck no. that. Oh no. Oh yeah, no, those are I terrifying. will not touch <laughs> yeah. a carnival ride. So, so I have here a picture of the first... And only time mm-hmm. my wife has ever gone on a roller coaster. <laughs> she, first of all, I paid full price for that fucking photo, laughing as I handed him my credit card. <laughs> so, sorry. I, I'm going to show it. She says, and, she says in the chat, never again. <laughs> so, she actually came off the roller coaster shaking laughing maniacally. I'm like, you good? She's like, yeah, because I never have to do that again. Ever, (laughs) ever, ever. So here is the picture next to me having a good old time. Oh, my. (laughs) That is the eyes of pure terror. Pure terror. She's not a strong woman. That hurt. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bullshit. She helped me lift a hutch. (laughs) She's got little noodle arms. But, uh, yeah, that was a... That was a good time. I paid full price for that picture. Everyone was laughing. <laughs> the lady who was giving me the picture was laughing. She's like, what size do you want? I was like, what's the biggest one you got? <laughs> All of them. Can you send me the file? I have a poster printer. 
<laughs> I didn't at the time or I would have. <laughs> I might blow that up anyway. But yeah. That's... Do you have a billboard size that I can put in front of the house? <laughs> I have, if you need, I have a 42 inch billboard printer in the basement. <laughs> Someone was giving it away because yeah. he thought it was broken. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And then it literally just needed like lubricant on the rod and a new yellow cartridge. Like a $1,500 printer. The worst shot I've ever gotten of myself on a ride when I was like, I think it was 16. I went to wherever Tower of Terror is. Disney. Um, Is it Disney? Yep. Okay. Uh, Because I think I might have the same picture as you (laughs) in that case. They take a picture of you right as you drop at the top floor. However... Gravity managed to mm. warp my face. And I, and I say this with no disrespect towards these people at all. It actually looked like I had Down syndrome. <laughs> the exact right facial. Everything. Everything. And my fucking mom bought the picture. <laughs> put it on the mantle. She would. And <laughs> that is still there in Kaz's house. I want to go get that picture. <laughs> There's going to be a little bee in your house. Or your 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 stepdad, little light beanie. Remember, he's got cameras watching everything. My stepdad's that means nothing. He's not great. I have very neurotic. I have a paintball gun. I I think I have the same picture as uh, as (laughs) as your wife with the with that with with that from Tower of Terror. I hate dropping rides. Hate dropping rides. So that was her big issue. Was the 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 drop like when you feel everything? Oh yeah, that was. And for me, that's my favorite part. I like it in the car. She hates it. <laughs> she hates it everywhere. There's there's no place where that is good for her. <laughs> I, I think one of the reasons why I don't really like going on rides is working in radio, we get access to like media days and things like that. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many media days I've gone to for rides at theme parks where the ride breaks down as I'm about to get on it. And that's when I sit around and say... No, I'm not doing this. Uh, See, those those are the those are the best because like when I used to work there, when a ride breaks down, that's when you get on the line. Mm-hmm. People don't realize the ride only stays broken down for like 15 minutes. Unless it's mm-hmm. Superman. That's true. When Superman <laughs> goes down, it goes down all day. It goes but down. like King Ka, <laughs> it would most commonly break down because it would slip the drive belt off the pulley. And it was actually a safety mechanism so it didn't break the belt and tangle it all up in the gears and then you got to replace the whole motor and voila you're down for weeks and your park's losing money uh so it'd break down everybody like oh and then get off the line and you'd move way up to the front and then 15 minutes later engineers there slips the belt back on they do a test fire and then the ride starts going again the the only coaster in the park that's not like that is superman mm-hmm. first i don't know why but when that thing breaks it it's breaks. usually right coming off the first like you go down, there's like this first little right there stuck. And the worst part about Superman is that you get on this way and then it brings you to a Superman pose. So when you get stuck, you're stuck sideways and it usually gets stuck at the first bank. So you're stuck sideways, head down. <laughs> so I've gotten stuck on there for like 35 minutes. And I'm like, guess who has a headache now? <laughs> we- I was there for the Joker media day. And as we're about to get on the ride, it's the new one, right? It's the new one where like the car oh spins, spins, but like the, the vehicle stays on the track. God, that looks fun. A couple people 
said were waiting in like the queue to like get into the station to get off the ride. A couple people were sitting there and they realized, wait, we can rock back and forth in this. Yeah, I'm one of those people. They were able to rock back and forth in this to the point where they they were basically upside down. Then the car started moving to go back into the station. We heard a very large or very loud grinding noise. Guess who was stuck upside down in the station? And all the ride operators were like, how did you do this? And that was it. I'm like, no, I'm not getting on this. If you know the host that I was with wanted to. They can go for it, but I am not riding. Let me tell you how little self-preservation instinct I have when it comes to, like, things in motion. Allie, my wife, most recently had been completely taken aback by this statement. We just flew back and forth to Hawaii. On the way back, we hit a lot of turbulence. I'm fine with it. She loses her shit. We land. She's shaken up. She's annoyed. I'm trying to comfort her. She's like, I can't believe you're not, like, also pissed off. And I looked at her with a straight face, and I said, Babe, air, airplane rides are pretty boring. I actually like a little bit of turbulence. It feels like a roller coaster. She went, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, I thought there would be At more. 35,000 feet. Hey, listen. <laughs> this is the last thing I want to be experiencing. If I die, it's only my problem for like, I don't know, 60 seconds while we fall, and then it's all over anyway. Who the fuck cares? You might as well have fun with it. We have a, we have a lot going on in the chat. Um, so Phil says, my worst RC pictures from SeaWorld. Uh, there is a ride there that forward, that tilts forward like a Superman ride does, and I got a Charlie horse, and my painted oh. face is now somewhere at my parents' house. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 4 a.m. watch says, I have climbed mountains. I have almost fell off a mountain, but that roller coaster was the most scared I've been in my whole life. That Jeez. feeling when it goes up and your body feels like it could be uh, keep flying in the air, awful, truly awful. <laughs> So, a lot of people who don't like roller coasters in the chat. You know what's funny? I've ridden in a NASCAR race car at Daytona, 170 miles an hour, right next to the wall. But those guys do do that. that Sounds like another day on the Garden State Parkway, really. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) During COVID. But don't put me in a roller coaster. Well, yeah, roller coasters go up and down. The only time you go up and down on NASCAR is when you hit a bump. Like and I, that's not normally something you I've, want to do at 180 well, miles. An well, so hour. so I did that once, not 80, or not 180, because my car didn't go that fast. But I, I was doing like a buck 45, and I remember hitting a bump, going, "Huh," being airborne for longer than what I'd imagine I could, I should have been, <laughs> and then the car going gaga and feeling my stomach go up and down, and me going, "Brake time! It's brakes time." And I the was that the parkway or the racetrack? It was a random fucking <laughs> road, which makes it even more dangerous. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. I, I, it was I, all, Jackson somewhere. <laughs> I sate my need for speed with the fact that my car accelerates insanely fast. Mm. I don't go, I don't go like 120 miles an hour. I, I almost never even get close to like 90. Mm. Um, my my cruising 90. speeds like 85 at the most. Yeah. I've, I've gone 100 in my current car once. It was downhill on a six-lane highway, and that was the speed of traffic. I don't like doing that because your margin for error is so small. You're around other people. I don't want to be the reason somebody never sees their kid again. So that's fine. But my car goes 0 to 60 in three seconds, and that's a lot of fun. So you have my, a Tesla? Yeah. In my G- L- Ludicrous mode? I have a Model 3 performance, but I convinced my uncle to get the Ludicrous Model S. <laughs> so his goes 0 to 60 in 2.4 seconds. Oh. Jeez. 
Uh, we actually calculated it. Mine does uh, 0.8 G pushing you back. His does 1.2 G pushing wow. you back. <laughs> yeah. And here my Jeep caps at 105. <laughs> I found that out during COVID. <laughs> That's good to come in the east. Chevy Impala. <laughs> I was like, I want to get to work as fast as I can. And my car was like, bah, and I was like, Dude, no, there's more. I could Bob. <laughs> You can make a Chevy Impala fuck. You know that, right? Oh, I totally That's could. a big, mostly empty engine bay. <laughs> There's a lot of room. You LS swap that bitch and you've got a fucking uh, Camaro. That's the SS. <laughs> yeah. Please, no, that's please, the Impala SS. Yeah. <laughs> please don't give me ideas to void my warranty. We're giving you <laughs> ideas. Do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> that goes back to last week where we were talking about the freaking Legends cars and I figured out how cheap they were. And I was like, no, 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 no. So Legends cars are like a race only cars. It's like a 34 Ford body mm-hmm. uh, with just like a roll bar. That's pretty much it. It's a motorcycle. And a fi- fiberglass body. Yeah. One piece, basically. Big it, go-kart. Big go-kart. Yeah. Uh, and I found out that they're like $17,000 ready to go. And all the parts are like $100 a season to like just replace. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> and they race at wall. And they race yeah. at wall. They're right around the corner. I'm like, sounds like so much fun. I was like, damn it, this is gonna be a problem. <laughs> so I, oh no, we had a chat. What did they say? Uh, I don't know why I'm not scared of driving fast, but roller coasters are a no go. I think that goes back to the whole. It's the illusion it's of control. Control. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. The car you can slow it down. You can brake. Mm-hmm. Roller coaster. No way. You're 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 trusting the engineering. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're trusting the engineering on a roller coaster, but in a car, every, the, problem, the, the problem with vehicles and, and like anything, not just cars, but like motorcycles and anything like that, you think you have control until you overcome the coefficient of static friction between your tire and the road, yeah. and then you have no fucking yeah, control. Nothing. nothing works on ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I found that out back in when I was 18. On uh, Route 18, they decided there was early morning uh, snow, and instead of salting the roads, they'd put police every 200 yards in the oh, middle lane to just give people tickets as they caused accidents. So I was <laughs> driving in Fucking my Jersey. piece of shit Sentra <laughs> that was front-wheel drive, uh, disc car. brake in the front, uh, drums in the back. So it's already starting at a, at a disadvantage. Yeah. And I remember the lady in front of me had a Ford Explorer. The fucking thing was huge. And I tapped on my brakes because she tapped on her brakes. And then I felt my car just like pause for a second and then start accelerating. And I was like, mm, no, nah, that's not right. And uh, I, I like tapped on the brakes again. And I was like, we're a bobsled. We're, we're bobsled. <laughs> so like I actively turned my hazards on. And at this point, I'm just like, where we land, we land. <laughs> and uh, I remember tapping the front of her car. Like tapping. Yeah. And I remember her exploring going ee, ee, off to the left lane, spinning around. <laughs> we make direct eye contact. <laughs> I'm like something has gone around. I'm like 18. <laughs> she was like 24. She makes direct eye contact, terrified, and I go. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. So, and then she spins back around and then goes into the the friggin' shoulder. My car finally slows off into a ditch over here, 
And I just left the hazards on. I just got out of the car. I'm like, yeah, the fuck. Uh, yeah, that's enough of that. And I walked over to her and I'm like, you good? She's like, yeah, I'm good. Is Are you good? And I'm like, well, there's another hole in my front bumper that I literally just replaced from the last time I tapped something because uh, it's a piece of shit. It was like, I hit her trailer hitch. So nice, perfect two by two square. Little- and uh, I'm like, are you good? Is everything? She's like, it was terrifying, but like, I'm fine. She looks at the car and I'm like, you're not going to have damage. That can't do damage it's plastic like the whole car's plastic so we, we drove our separate way right before a cop pulled up she's like i don't want to get you in trouble that's terrible it's not your fault i stepped on the brakes first there was no one in front of me that's on me uh blah 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 mm-hmm. and we, we left but I, I that's like one of the few times that i've had like ice ice problems jackson is notorious for that because their their road like they have so much road and they have such a small maintenance crew if you're in Jackson, New Jersey, and you get like a ice or sleet or snowstorm or anything, you will not have a thawed road until the fucking weather decides that you mm-hmm. will have a thawed yeah. road. And the only time I've ever actually slid into a dangerous situation on ice was coming around a turn in Jackson towards a, a main intersection. And this is like at 3 p.m. and it's still covered in snow. And I thought I was going slow enough at like 25 miles per hour to not make that an issue. My car decided... It was, and I, I came around the turn and went to straighten out, and the car just, like, started doing this very slow mm. turn to the left while I was still going straight towards mm. the intersection, and I have a red light. So I, hazards on, I start slamming on the horn, like, beep, 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 beep like that, like, as, as hard as I can, as fast as I can, and people got the message. So the two cars coming from the other way stopped because I guess they had, they were heavier. I was in, like, a Scion TC, and I just slid sideways through the intersection beep 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 so people would know that i couldn't stop yeah just wave (laughs) and then i got onto the other side of the intersection just slowly ground to a halt when it started to go to a little incline and i was like cool that was fucking terrifying (laughs) i can't say how many times over the years in the winter time when we're having a storm in the course of the traffic report i will tell people folks i don't care what you're driving Mm -hmm. i don't care what kind of tires you have Nothing works on ice, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was, I was in Plainfield, New Jersey, going to work. I was working for a little radio station there. And I'm on me. It was snowing. And I'm doing the morning show. And that, that was like 6 a.m. And I'm coming in at like 5.30. And I'm going down Park Avenue, which is the main drag in, in Plainfield. And I hit some ice or something, and the car starts spinning. Mm. You want to talk about terrifying, and you're trying to right yourself, mm-hmm. and you can't. Yeah, the car is just into a spin, and I just, I was just like, please God, get me through this. And it, it spun around like maybe two, three times, just kept spinning, and I'm like, oh my God, when does this stop? <laughs> and and it finally like bumped the curb. And it stopped, mm-hmm. but terrifying. Oh yeah. yeah. So that uh, when I got my uh, Acura, I, we, I used to go into like empty parking lots when it started snowing, and tried to like basically control spin to try to figure out like how does this vehicle handle what happens in the snow, what happens in the ice, mm. just to do like some some practicing just in case it happens because I I get hit a lot, which uh, Phil decided to bring up in the chat. Um, People like to hit me while I'm stopped at red lights. Joe has never caused a car accident. Other than the one I just talked about. 
<laughs> That's different. The weather caused the car accident. I would blame Mother Nature on that accident. Thank you very much. I I also have never caused a car accident. We have both been hit combined like twenty times. Yeah. So the one he's talking about. Uh, well, my mom used to drive a red H three Hummer, like the fire engine red. The first time I got hit real bad, I got the the back of my bumper like got destroyed. She flew down Route 18. You know where the uh, the hospital is? Right on Ferry Road? Mm-hmm. I got hit at that light. So my mom came fucking... I've never seen my mom drive that fast. <laughs> to the point where the police that were with her when she went to go like take the UE was like, slow, like br- bring it on down. <laughs> and um, that was hilarious. The second time I got hit, I, I don't even remember where I was. I was... Uh, working as an IT consulting company. So they sent me up to like Bumblefuck, New Jersey, and I was up there. And I remember stopping in the rain and then a Ford Explorer hit the back of my car and my car turned into an airplane and hit the F-250 in front of me. I had an Altima. Small car, yeah. two giant trucks. Call my mom, explain what happens. I was like 19 or 20. And uh, on the way up, it was like an hour drive. I get... And the accident she makes it there in 24 right, minutes right in front of a Hooters. So I was like, well, wings. Uh, but <laughs> the police come and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, surprisingly fine. Why? And they're like that accident. You should be in an ambulance. What? Like what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, probably what's in my trunk. Oh, fuck the trunk. I have subwoofers in my car at the time. Ran to the back of the car the trunk is like a sardine can, like rolled up, and my subwoofer box sawdust. It was like inch thick uh, MDF sawdust. The titanium subwoofers were snapped, and the Kevlar was t- like torn. And the the cop was like, "Those are the reason that he isn't in the back of your car." And I was like, "Jeez, my mom's gonna be here in about forty minutes. Could you just word for word?" Say that again, because yeah. she hates these goddamn things. She never complained again, ever. Every time I got a subwoofer, she was just like, oh, good, you're putting those in the car again. Just lower it when you get near the house. <laughs> Do you remember the place where you had your very first car accident? Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Moco Road They always say, you never forget your first one. <laughs> yeah, that was right. Ferry Road. <laughs> Namoco Road in Jackson uh, is a very nice, slow grazing road except for one point where it does a 90 degree turn in the middle of the fucking woods and there's no signs indicating that i was late for school i was driving the green pontiac grand am that my grandmother gave me when i turned 18 (laughs) uh and i'm going through the woods and my buddy is in like a garage race race spec old boxy bmw and he's just ripping it right but he's got like racing tires on it he really like he's into cars I am driving a stock six-cylinder Pontiac. Goddamn Continentals. <laughs> um, it, well, small, but the nose is enormous on mm. the old Grand Ams. So I'm trying to keep up with him, and I'm late. I'm like, we're already past homeroom, and I'm like, fuck, I got to get there. And I'm, I'm like, whatever, this road's not too bad. And we hit that turn, and he goes around it sideways. <laughs> and I also go around it sideways, but I didn't cut the wheel back fast enough. So I went all the way around the 90 and then before I could get the wheel all the way back around, I shot off into the woods and hit this massive tree 
bounced off it, did like a 540 back into the road facing the other way. And the whole engine bay is like crumpled in so far that I could probably lay down in it mm. uh, like with my with my knees up. And it actually jammed the front uh, so hard that I, I could barely open the driver door. I had to like kick it open. I got out of the car. I coughed out a bunch of um, like uh, airbag smoke. And uh, the, I see my friend screech to a halt because <laughs> right after the turn is a huge straightaway. Um, and then the lady behind me like helps me off the road and the cops come. And I'm like, fucking, I can't believe I just wrecked my car. What the fuck? The, tr- the whole road is lined with trees the entire way. You can't see around any of the turns. So once you hit that 90, you're done. Like if you're going oh, even yeah. the speed limit, because I was going fast, but I wasn't going like 80 on a back road. I was going like maybe 55 and a 45. Mm. Um, and I'm like this, like this can't be safe. Like that can't all be me. I get it. I was driving too fast. Three of my friends my senior year destroyed their cars on that turn. My buddy Mike no, was yeah. driving an 89 Trans Am and hit that turn, did Not the anymore. same thing I did and rolled it four times into the woods, trashed. Wow. Uh, a girl the year before me died on that fucking turn. Like, it, it just, like, notorious. And then uh, I'm, I tell my parents all this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my stepdad the next day drives me back to where I hit the tree, gets out, picks my headlight up off the side of the road, gets back in the car and throws it in my lap and drives home. That was my first accident. Mm. So not only did I fucking demolish my car and almost kill myself, <laughs> my stepdad decided to just rub it in my face mm. a little bit. I wonder how many people actually have the footage of their first accident like I do. So I, I have a dash cam. I've always had dash cams in my car and all that. Mm. My first ever accident I was leaving work. I was working for a very small AM station over in Levittown, WBCB. And I made a right out of the, uh, the station. It's, it's in a house, in a neighborhood. Um, made a right out and came to a light. Made my right green, you know, on the green light. And this person pulls out of a gas station because the person on the opposite side of traffic told them, oh, come on out. Mm. I was still driving. They pulled out right in front of me. I have all the footage of the wreck and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I was not very happy, and you can hear it in the audio. (laughs) And it was all because they made me change my schedule from going to one event or from one show to a different show, and I never would have left at that time Mm. had they not changed my shift. And I was the program director, and I was the one in charge, and they're like, no, you you can't do this one. I'm like... Come on. My first <laughs> wreck, <clears throat> pardon me, my first wreck was on the Route 9 Edison Bridge. Mm. It was a five-car pileup. I was number three. <laughs> At, <laughs> At least, least you right didn't start it. Right in the middle. I'm go, I was on my way to college because I was a commuter student. I, mm. I didn't live on campus. And I'm driving up to class uh, from Madison Park here. And I'm going up Route 9. Thank you for the follow. And for some reason... The car in front stopped, jammed on the right. Oh, I don't know why he stopped or jammed on the brake. The car behind him slammed into him. I slammed into that car, and then two cars behind me. Boom, boom. Oh. Right, so five cars. Thank God everybody was okay. I think I got bruised. I think my, my nose or something got mm. bruised, and my face 
<laughs> you know, I kind of face planted into the, the wheel. But yeah. that, that was, I think, the worst I got. Everybody otherwise was okay. And the car, because I don't think everybody was traveling at full speed. Mm-hmm. I think there, there was damage on the car, um, I think more in the back than in the front for some reason. Mm. And th- they were able to fix it, and, you know, it, it, it looked good as new when they, were, when they were done with it. But I was driving my dad. My dad had a Plymouth Duster. Wow. Remember the Plymouth Duster? Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, use this to go to college. I didn't, I didn't have a car at that time. And he said, I'm, I'm not going to need it. I'm retired. I'm, you know, <laughs> where, where the hell am I going? And I wrecked the car. Oh, boy. Oh, and man. I thought, oh, God, Pop's going to kill me. You know, but thank God he was like, you're okay. That's all that, that matters. The car, mm. I can, the car I can replace. You can fix it. You can replace I can't replace yeah. you. So he, he was really good, but. That first crash was on the Route 9 Edison Bridge. That's funny. Wow. Uh, My first accident was not Ferry Road. I got sideswiped by a limo driver (laughs) on Route 9 in Freehold. I remember driving. I had my windows down. was blasting music because I just got subs in my car. And then I just remember hearing a noise and then feeling my side view mirror in my lap. And me going, huh? Huh? And then the limo driver tried to just go. And I was like, oh, the fuck you are. That happened to me. And and I stopped and I called the cops and the cops came. And, and I was like, he sideswiped me. He broke. He, I was holding my side view mirror. And then he tried to drive away. Here's the evidence. Yeah. I've and got it. So the, the, the limo says it was my fault. And I obviously said it was his fault. And the cop was like, well... How do we know it's his fault? Okay, go look at the broken everything on the line, and you will notice that it is inside of my lane. <laughs> it's pretty easy to, to evidence this. But the guy fell off the curb while he was talking to the cop. Oh. And the cop was like, sir, are you okay? Do we need to take a breathalyzer? Is everything like... And then he started questioning... And then the guy rolled down the window. I guess he had someone in the back of the car. So take a breath. And he's like, <laughs> sir, I could, uh, I know what happened. And the cop was like, window up or you're going to have a problem. And I was like, I'm going to go sit down now. It seems like you guys got everything under control. <laughs> I got hit recently. I was on the way to my boss's oh my dad's funeral in a suit and tie driving on the George Washington Bridge. They were not. What? Chat. Yeah. <laughs> Chat was saying, uh, were they driving someone important or was it like prom? <laughs> so I'm on the George Washington Bridge lower level. I'm in the middle lane. Someone's driving slow in front of me. I look to the left. Nobody's back in the left lane. So I just pull past them, start driving past them. This fucking minivan from the right lane comes whipping it like a bat out of hell. Passes the guy. I guess he he might have been behind me and then went right, like passing on the right, like you're not fucking supposed to do. Mm. Uh, when I went left, he comes and he passes the car, like like here, and then just all the way across three lanes and just fucking wails me. You he, might have been uh, reporting. Yeah, you that. might have reported. <laughs> <laughs> Very good possibility. <laughs> but he hits me right, and he's pushing me like he's going into me and I'm yeah. turning against him and pushing him back. And I, I smell my wheel grinding against his quarter panel. And eventually I slam on the brakes and stop. Cause he's like trying to push me into the left wall. 
and he starts driving away. And I was like, dude, you're in a Dodge Caravan and I'm in a performance EV. You're not going anywhere. So he books it and I'm like, I push on the gas a little bit. I'm like, all right, do I still have a wheel? And I didn't even get like a low tire pressure light. So I was like, okay, good. And I just shot after him. I get up right behind him. And then he finally hits like a wall of traffic in front of him and slows down and then rolls his window down and like points to like get off at the next exit. Mm. So we pull off. I'm following him. I, I have already have 911 on the phone. I'm like, I'm on the GWB. Um, I haven't gotten off yet. Okay, wait, no. Like I caught him and now he's getting off. I tell them what exit I get off. And they're like, we don't know where that is. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a fucking number. It's the only one numbered that on the bridge. How do you not know where that is? She goes, you're going to have to get me a cross street. I'm like, fine. And I zoom in on my, my GPS and I'm like, okay, it's the corner of this and this. Cop rolls up, goes, oh, sorry, we're... um." we're only bridge cops. You're going to have to call. Now that you're off the bridge, you got to call somebody else. And I'm like, so call them. You're the police. Yeah. You know where I'm supposed to call. And they're like, all right, I'll call dispatch and have them send somebody pull, pull under there. They sat me waiting in the, I think it was a port authority bus terminal under the GWB for like 45 fucking minutes and nobody showed up. So I called the port authority. Oh no, that's what it was. They sent city cops, not bridge cops. They had to be bridge cops because oh. it happened on the bridge. They sent bridge cops down in five minutes after I called them. And they went, oh, nobody told us you guys were there. Hold on, hang on. We'll be right there. We have somebody in the area. And the cop gets out. He's like, what happened? I was like, this fucking dipshit. And I just blow up. Like, he can hear me. And I'm like, this fucking dumb motherfucker sideswiped me on the fucking bridge. And I'm like losing my mind. Because, again, this is the fourth time my car has been hit been hit i've never hit anybody <laughs> i've only had it four years it was 44 months at that point that Once, i owned the car in a year yeah. <laughs> so two were while i was stopped first of all uh, this is the first one where i've been hit in motion hey you're you're one out of 365 i think your odds are pretty good <laughs> so it's not bad and like so the cop hears my whole thing and he goes wow sounds like you're having a bad day <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I really am. <laughs> the the, uh, the other guy didn't contest it. He was just like, yeah, I did like, that. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> whoops, my bad. And then the best part, I forgot to tell you, when we, we get to the first intersection where I pull off the bridge, he gets out of his car and he's walking towards my car and I crack the window down a little bit. And before he even says anything, I go, get back in your fucking car. And so it was just, I didn't know what he was going to do. Like this dude yeah. hit me like he had intent. And then was like power walking towards my car and he just spins around and goes back. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? What am I experiencing right now? <laughs> so I think, judging by the chat, I think I know who this is now. Because, you know, how many people do you know who got hit by a car and needed three surgeries on their spinal cords? Uh, <laughs> I feel like that circle what? is very small. <laughs> that circle gets very small. I believe that is the owner of uh, of Spencer's... Uh, Spencer's car. Oh, the turd. The turd. The I turd believe, owner. I believe this is the turd owner. We uh, we have a friend who has <laughs> a 2003 uh, Volkswagen GTI. Um, oh, they said nope. Nope. Really? Wow. Oh. Our, uh, our one friend, Spencer, decided one day he got a new car, so he said, I'm just going to cut the roof off of this thing. So we took the saws all and cut the roof off of his car. He then later cut the windshield off, put in a Jeep windshield, welded yeah, in a didn't. roll bar. You basically need a tetanus shot every time you get in the car because <laughs> yeah. and it was very amateurly done. And uh -huh. it's got flame decals. 
But so it's had we those, call it the flaming turd. But it's, it's been like that since high school. Those flames are aged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're very faded at this point, or yeah. at least the last I saw. No, they're them. looking pretty good. Oh, are they? Yeah, it turns out uh, if you polish the car uh, ever, who looks pretty good. Who said, who said that about the surgery? Uh, What's the username? Dracana. Oh, it's Mike. Hi, Mike. Oh, it's Mike? No, not Zuniga. No, different Mike. Yeah, yeah. This, this is... Uh, the mic for my Saturday morning ah, D and D game because he said wow. uh, he remembers the amount of uh, people you need surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that circle's a little bit bigger. Yeah. We were talking about how small that circle is. I guess the <laughs> circle's larger than I thought. <laughs> if I had a nickel, I'd have two nickels, which is a lot. <laughs> but it's weird that it's happened twice. But yeah, but it's weird that I have two nickels. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I feel like that's a pretty good jumping off point for us. I think so. Um, yep. Yep. But uh, the. Pete, thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you. Um, tell us how people can listen to uh, the Sonic Boomers podcast. Sonic Boomers podcast is available anywhere where you can hear a podcast. And we also have the video version, mm-hmm. which Ooh. is, uh, of course, on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we are uh, up to show. The next one will be show number 105. Nice. nice. Getting up there. Yeah. I think this is like six or seven. I lost track. Somewhere it'll be it'll be three somewhere around December. There. It'll be our, our third anniversary doing the show. So do you do weekly? Awesome. Do you do? You know, it started out like guns blazing. Every, Gotta do it every every week. every week. Monday morning, five a.m. The thing would would drop. Mm-hmm. Now it's like every two weeks. Sometimes it's three weeks because you get to that point. And a lot of people, when they do a podcast, they go through pod fade. Mm-hmm. which is they just run out of gas and they stop doing it. But it usually happens somewhere in the first six episodes, believe mm. it or not. We passed it. Right? <laughs> I didn't even think we were close to that. But we didn't get to half the topics you we do, today. You not do even. get to the point where you say, well, geez, what, what do we talk about this week? And a typical pre-production meeting between my wife and I who host the show will be, I'll be like, hey, here's a podcast. And I'll say what it is, and she'll say, nah, I, I don't want to do that. No, that's <laughs> not. And then she'll say, what if we did this? And I'll be, nah, I'm not really into that. And so it's that, that rare moment when the two of us say, that's a show. Mm. That we sit down and, and we do something. So uh, we have one, one fan who like watches every podcast, critiques every podcast, <laughs> and he's like, I noticed that you're not doing a podcast every every week anymore. And I'll tell you, it's it is a challenge to try to come up with something fresh every week, yeah. especially mm-hmm. when you've been doing it now for almost three years. So mm. yeah, there's some weeks where you're gonna be a week apart, and there's other times where you're gonna be two, three weeks apart. But I think the idea is to try to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Just keep keep throwing stuff. You know, even if you don't have enough to fill a full show, like our show usually runs 25 to 30. Mm-hmm. We've got some shows that go 40, 45. I think we've had a couple that ran an hour. You know, even if you just throw something out there that's just a few minutes, just get some product out there. Just keep producing product. Mm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah mo- most of ours go about, about an hour, hour 15 or so. Um, I just Late, looked at early our hour 30, hour 40. But yeah, uh, recording but. time is uh, <laughs> an hour 55 right now. So we've been, you know, it, yep. it's it's those where like, you know, we'll, we'll start talking and next thing you know, we're like, oh, oh, so we should end the stream. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it's cool that you're doing it live. 
Yeah. Yeah, we do live. We haven't haven't done that yet because I I just don't have the the desire to have somebody in the chat say, you suck. (laughs) Well, our chat, thankfully, has been pretty good. Nobody say it. (laughs) No, we we had one earlier today giving me crap that I just ignored. My uh, my buddy John in uh, in the Total Nonstop Racing League. It's a it's an iRacing league that I that I participate in. Um, he's saying, oh, you know, hey guys, no fighting. Also, Bob sucks at driving this specific car. I'm like, <laughs> I saw that. Thanks, I didn't John. know. I didn't know. Kyle what he meant. called us all ugly last week. Yeah, you know but what? that is true. <laughs> yeah, but that's Kyle. Yeah, he was here. <laughs> he did say something earlier. I forget what he said. Uh, um, I know at one point he said um, he wanted to ask if you knew of Cast Iron Kyle, who calls into Dennis and Judy all the time. Um, he's been on our show. He's a good friend of mine. Um, Great guy. And, and all that sort of thing. So he he had asked earlier in the chat. So, yeah. Uh, we, we, we get a lot of followings. Listen, we have like 40-something subscribers. I will throw a band down, Phil. Don't, <laughs> don't even tempt me. <laughs> In the I know. Chat. I know who that is. In the chat, <laughs> Graham says uh, his first ever chat with us and a, another friend of ours saying, "You guys suck." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the first comment, buddy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, you're feeding us. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, we go live, and then uh, after we go live, these get exported over to YouTube, and then uh, we put it on every other podcast. So I guess that's a good jumping off point from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys want to hear us, or if you know anybody who wants to hear us after now, uh, <laughs> we have a link tree slash tabletop trio where we have 700 links to every podcast available. Uh, we got YouTube, Twitch. This will be on for like seven days because that's just what Twitch does. We're in all your internets. Yeah, we're we're in everywhere. All Join the socials. F- yeah, There's socials. No escape. Instas, Facebooks, <laughs> all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, so uh, for one final time, I'm Bob. I'm Joe. I'm Bronson. And uh, our special guest, uh, Pete Toriello. Thanks again, Pete, for, Thank for you coming guys. on with us. Uh, this has been Tabletop Trio. Have a great night. Peace.